Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Brittany Gilman. She's the CEO and founder of BG Sports Enterprises. Before that, she was the strength and conditioning coach with USC, the real one, and at Auburn as well. And she was even a professional snowboarder for a period of time. Brittany is incredible. Now she's working with athletes to help them with branding and marketing and PR and all these other opportunities inside the world of sports. And she started doing this 15, over 15 years ago, which is incredible in understanding her path to where she's gotten to. So there's a lot to learn for Brittany. And I hope, I hope, I hope you enjoy this episode with Brittany Gilman. Yes. Very cool. Today, I have Brittany Gilman on the For the Love of Sports podcast. She's the CEO and founder of BG Sports Enterprises. She used to be the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Southern California, the real USC, as well as Auburn University. Former professional athlete, all around, what was the words used before? Intelligent, super smart. Uh, those, are some <laughs> of the words, those are some of the superlatives we were throwing around. But Brittany, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for hanging out with me. I am grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, you're in a really nice room. I know not, not a lot of people will be able to see this, but that couch is awesome and those paintings are fantastic too. So I really yeah, love the vibe you're throwing there. My grandfather's. My grandfather's. He painted those? Yeah, he's incredible. So That's amazing. Oh man, my house, uh, same thing. My girlfriend and I do those wine and paints all the time when the world is kind of working. And so our entire house is just covered with all these terribly painted pictures and scenes. But <laughs> we did them. We love it, right? It's a little more homier that way. So. Exactly. Plus, it's nice to remember those times we could go out and see people. That also helps a little bit too. But um, Brittany, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? I think it's just something that has been a a huge part of my life. and, And it's really one of the things that makes me who I am. I think that Sports brings so much to the table in so many different aspects. And it really, starting from a young age to children, it teaches them so many incredible things and lessons that they can apply to life. And as we grow up and being able to participate in sports and the social aspect and the challenges that we face, the the dedication, the drive, learning all these different things, it's nothing... I can't think of anything that brings so much to the table that sports does at every stage in our lives. And as grownups, it's so incredibly entertaining for the fans and people. And it gives people something to, to believe in, to hope for, to get excited about. And for players, it's, it's, you know, it's an incredibly challenging opportunity for them every day to come to work and playing field is always, you know, pretty level. And it's just, it's incredible. Sports is, I mean, how can you not love sports? (laughs) Exactly. It is, you know, one thing I always love to like in sports too, you know, all those people that watch the, you know, reality TV shows and, you know, namely the Kardashians, like we all know it's kind of fake, right? It is what it is. You watch it. I'm not here to judge, but (laughs) sports, that's a real reality TV show. You really don't know what's going to happen. That's actual drama, you know, in the, in game seven of whatever you're watching, I don't care. Game seven's two best words in sports. It's, you can feel the intensity. I'm just sitting on my couch. I remember um, 
during game seven of the 2016 finals, I think the Cavs and Warriors, uh-huh. I had my Fitbit on and I was just sitting on my couch <laughs> and my Fitbit started is like, Hey, are you okay? Cause my heart rate spiked because I'm watching, oh you know, these two incredible teams just go down to the wire about it. And I was like, this is insane. Like I'm burning calories, sweating, just sitting on my couch. And there's, there's no, no feeling like that at all. And I completely agree. Brings people together the aspects of, uh, you know, life lessons that you can utilize for the rest of, uh, you know, the rest of time with, within, you know, the sports or entertainment or just any industry that you're in, I think is, is very important. So let's talk a little bit more about your story. So I see you have a master's in biomechanics, uh, you're a personal <laughs> trainer, you've done so much. First off, what the heck is biomechanics? Biomechanics is the physics of the human body. So it looks at movement, it calculates forces, it predicts uh, different outcomes, energy systems. It's, it's super nerdy, and I I love it. <laughs> awesome, rock on. Be a nerd if you're just be honest with yourself. We're only here once. You might as well enjoy it. Um, and yeah. that, I I, th- I found that really interesting because again, you know, looking at what you do now and the types of people that you work with and the athletes and the entertainers, it's really interesting that you came from the athletic space, obviously, but the training space, and then kind of grew into this entity a little bit so I guess with that I mean what what was it like being an athlete what did you love so much about it that you did carry forward throughout life into this new business venture I think being an athlete was it was you tested your um, capabilities and your limits every single day for me I competed on the professional snowboard circuit and there were so many different things that you had to be good at and mentally physically emotionally every single day was a challenge and it proposed different challenges in in different ways if it was either being on the mountain and training because with half pipe some of the best training that you could do is is riding in the pipe and then instead of taking the lifts you know you go and you do a run and then at the bottom of the run you take off your board and you hike back up And so it's doing that for three, four hours when you're up in the mountains, super high altitude and and having to push through the fatigue and having to push through the fear of learning new tricks. And if you fall, getting back in the pipe and trying again. And there's just so many things that I think really helped develop many different components of myself and my character. And it was just challenging every single day. And the feeling when you accomplish something or if you performed well in a competition, I mean, that's unmatched, you know? I, to this day, with all the crazy things that I've done, I, I've never experienced anything that quite gave you the, the fulfillment and the, um, I guess, feeling proud of yourself and sense of achievement that snowboarding did and being an athlete did. So that was just incredible. And I miss the competitiveness. Um, and I, you know, I always really strive to be the best and you, you get to feel like you're the best in sports much more than in the professional world. Me personally, because there's so much competition in the professional world, which of course, you know, competition breeds greatness, but you could, you never quite feel like you're at the top of your game. There's never really any situation that you're in that leads you to that that experience and that feeling and I miss that about about competing and you know when you win you win a contest or you you know accomplish land a trick that you've been trying to learn for months 
you get you get similarities but it's not quite the same so yeah and and through that like what have you know as you were saying like that is kind of what you're chasing and that's what you miss the most how are you trying to fulfill that you know as you said like you're never you're never really capable of being like not to say you're not capable of being number one at something but as you said you're not going to finishing a trick is there's a start and an end you know what you're doing now there is really no end really like and that's kind of a good thing but how do you deal with that aspect of what you're doing to make sure that you're still you're chasing something obviously but along the way you're kind of rewarding yourself saying well congratulations Brittany you really killed it today yeah you know it's it's really funny because in professional life um say you'll have a goal or an objective or I'm putting on a huge event and I need to, you know, get all these sponsors and do this and do that and the other. And you work tremendously hard and then you, you accomplish this crazy event. And I think when you're in it, when you're putting on the event for the couple hours that you're there, it's it's the few times I'll stop and I'll be like, Oh my God, like I did it, you know? And when, the event's over and you're recapping and doing all your follow-ups you'll be like okay cool i did this but it's it's not the same because it's it's a constant drive to continue to achieve and i think that this was one of the things that i really developed through being an athlete is because even if you're at the top someone's always coming to take your place and it's the same in the professional world and especially working in sports it's so incredibly competitive And so I think that I never really get that feeling. You never accomplish it. Because even when you accomplish something great or you close a big deal, that victory period is is so short. And I think this applies for everybody. Think of Super Bowl teams. You know, you have this party for a couple weeks and then suddenly it's like, okay, back to the drawing board, starting from scratch next year. So it's a very similar mindset with, with business. It's, you know, you can have this incredible goal and accomplish it. And then you kind of, Hey, good job. What's next? You know, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So I think it's a blessing and a, you know, maybe a negative thing that you're never quite giving yourself a lot of credit for the things that you've done because you're so hungry for more. But, um, you know, that's also what keeps, keeps you, you know, me striving for success, striving to continually improve my capabilities and, and what we can do for others. Just got to get a little bit better every day. And, and, and I agree with you. It's, it's nice to take a second, as you said, you know, I've never put on giant events like you have apparently, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's nice to kind of sit back and say like, okay, cool. That was, that was good. But then, as you said, you know, as you're doing follow-ups, doing all those other things, you're already thinking about, all right, well, the next event or next year, how can this be better? Like, yeah, we did good. Okay. That's great. But I want it to be better next year. We need to do this. We need to, and you kind of almost, you know, you, you gloss over the things that you did really well because you're paying attention to all of not the negatives, but you're paying attention to the places you can improve to get closer and closer to perfection, which is, as you said, it's, it's a blessing and you didn't use the word, but I'll throw it out there. And it's kind of a curse at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. uh, It's, it's definitely, I think it's great because it can, it's that driving force that is um, instilled within you that you always want to be better and do better. And I think that's what helps. That's what kind of establishes those who are tremendously successful from those who are successful, but may reach a plateau. 
-hmm. is that constant drive to become better. And as humans, we can apply that in every day of life and not, it's not for everybody. Not people, if you're happy, you're happy. And that's great. Me personally, I, I like that those challenges and I like to continuously improve myself, my abilities, my skill sets. And then that applies to my business and everything in, in my life. But that's just me. That's, you know, but I think a lot of athletes are like that. I was just about to make that point. Every athlete I've ever met pretty much, especially ones that reach high levels like yourself in, in any sport, there's always that extra level. There's that extra gear to, that they're driving in that most, you know, we'll call us normal people really never got to that level because we never felt that type of competition before. Um, so you're right, you know, and don't, don't apologize for being really, really great and trying really hard. Like don't, you know, I, I know the internet's a weird place, but I don't think they're going to get angry at you for that. And I think it's, it's pretty damn cool what you've been able to accomplish. And I'm excited to talk more about it. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting, you were the strength and conditioning coach for the actual, the real USC university of Southern California, as well as yeah, fight on let's go as well as Auburn university. Uh, I think that one's war Eagle if I'm not mistaken, you can get yep, <laughs> um, but I've watched enough college football. I, I know a few of them at this point. And so what was, and, and you kind of spoke to it before, you know, as, as a snowboarder, you know, climbing up that hill and, and working through the fatigue and working up your endurance was something that you knew you needed to do. I'm sure you didn't love it every single time, but it was great. <laughs> once you, once you saw the, the positive effects, I'm sure you're like, thankfully I did this. What was it like helping other people and other athletes younger than you understand that aspect of the multitude of sports that you did work in? So, um, and just to clarify, I wasn't the strength conditioning coach at USC. Semantics. Come I on. was, I was a, hey. I did my internship, um, at USC football. And, um, I was one of, uh, maybe let's see, probably five coaches. Um, That's still pretty incredible, if you ask me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And that was, oh, my days, that was a a crazy year. And that was my first year working as a collegiate strength conditioning coach. And um, I I think I probably learned more in that year than I could have learned in 10, 20 years of school. Um, And it it was extremely challenging at USC because I was very close in age to the athletes. I was, um, let's see, maybe 23. And I'm very petite. I'm 5'3". So even though I am fit and I look fit, you know, we're talking about football players, you know. Um, And some of them are huge. (laughs) And linemen, you know, linemen come in, coach, can you stretch me? I'm like, why do the biggest guys in the weight room ask me to stretch them? And they're like, oh, coach, you're as big as my leg. And it's like, yeah, basically. But it was – for the athletes that respected me as a coach and who gave me a chance to really be a coach, that's something I will never forget. And it, it's, there's something so rewarding about people respecting you enough to listen to you and to, under, to look beyond your physical appearance and to really, truly give you an opportunity and respect you. And there's something that is so rewarding about that. And so for the athletes at USC that respected me as a coach it was it was incredible and you're I think a lot of it's your intent um in any professional job is what is the intent that you are approaching your um job with and mine was always I'm truly here to help these guys I want to share my knowledge I want to I want to look at your body and be able to say oh it looks like you have an imbalance here how can we fix that how can we make you better and it, it it's tremendously rewarding 
at Auburn, it was different because I was the graduate assistant strength conditioning coach and I had my own teams. So I was actually creating the workout programs for probably a hundred athletes, different sports, uh, women's tennis, men and women's uh, long distance track across country, men and women's diving. And it was, that was amazing because you were able to see the, the process of creating a program, applying it, and then seeing the results over time. And when I was a strength coach at Auburn, the women's tennis team actually had the least amount of injuries that they'd ever seen. And that was really cool because it just made me feel, wow, okay, this is really working. And then being able to, when you're coaching people, taking them through a workout, but also helping them develop similar characteristics that I had developed as an athlete. The ability to push through the difficulty, the dedication, the drive, um, you know, so many different things. And it was so rewarding to do that and then to see them succeed. And that's, oh, it was just such an incredible feeling to be able to watch people recover from an injury or just get better and better and improve their tennis game and you know, it was something that I love. I love being a coach and I, I miss that part because I, I am somewhat of a coach now still with my athletes, but it's just in a different way. So that was something that, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for those years that I was able to be a, a coach and, and help so many different athletes in so many ways. Especially impact them in a way that is very close to your heart. Right. We went over biomechanics. Now, please don't ask me for the definition again, because I'm probably not going to remember it. But you understanding and you, as you said, you're very nerdy about the subject and something you truly do love and being then able to help other people. You know, that's one of my favorite things. And that's why I love having the show so much. I love listening to someone talk about something that they're passionate about. I couldn't care less what they're passionate about. You just want to hear and feel that energy come through them to you. And it gets me excited. Now, I don't know anything about biomechanics or strength and conditioning, but hearing you talk about it is fun and is interesting for me. Um, Also, it doesn't hurt that, you know, you you were on the USC football team. I think that's pretty darn cool too. But, you know, it's just the ability, as you said, to be able to impact so many people, especially at Auburn, as you said, with creating these programs for over 100 athletes and being able to see that process is is super impactful and that has to be feel so great for you to know that you're impacting so many people in a way that you really love and you you really want to impact them as well yeah and it's um teaching them skills that they can have the rest of their lives you know teaching them about the body how the body functions and that's something that you know to this day i'm sure i've shown them exercises that they do and it's it's kind of it's pretty cool it's a lifelong skill to have. And um, yeah, I feel very, very grateful for those years that I was a coach. That is awesome. And then so moving on from that, there was a couple stops along the way I did see some in the marketing, some in some other areas. But I also noticed when you started BG Sports Enterprises, and I I'm going to go out on a limb and say BG stands for Brittany Gilman, but you know, Hey, don't, <laughs> am I right? Okay, cool. Look original. <laughs> How to, Hey, it's, it's got a pretty cool BGSE sounds pretty darn cool. So I got to give you that, but where, I guess, where was the, initially it looked like you started out more on the training side, kind of as you did when you were a strength and conditioning coach. And so I guess, why did you start your own strength and conditioning company and what like what was the reason and and the the desire to do that on your own so um when i was at auburn 
and I was a strength coach at Auburn. It was, um, it was then I realized that um, I, the lifestyle of a strength conditioning coach wasn't really what I wanted. And during that time at Auburn, I had kept in touch with some of my athletes at USC who had signed with a sports marketing agency. So BG Sports was initially launched as a sports marketing agency. So I, BG Sports was the marketing. And then I had another company called BG Bodies that was the training company. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was during the time when I was at Auburn when I realized that and said, okay, I don't really think this is the lifestyle for me. There's got to be something else out there. But because I'd studied sciences um, and my undergraduate degrees in kinesiology and then, you know, obviously my master's, I didn't know the positions that existed. I didn't know what existed in sports. I had my personal experience as an athlete where I didn't even realize at the time that I was an athlete and I was finding my own sponsors and negotiating my own deals, what was happening. And then when I left Auburn, I, well, I kept in touch with these athletes and they put me in touch with the marketing agency they signed with. The marketing agency, I, I still remember very vividly to this day, a conversation I had with the VP of the agency who, um, to this day, I'm, I'm very grateful. I've never had a mentor, but if anything is close to it, this is probably my closest mentor. His name is Jamie Fritz. And um, I had a conversation with Jamie and Jamie said to me, well, what do you want to do? And I sat there and had no words. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. How, how could I answer a question when I didn't know the landscape of the industry that I was trying to break into? So he said, well, you can come back to LA. We can do an internship and maybe it'll help you. So that's exactly what I did. I left Auburn after a year, went to, um, back to LA, got an internship, was there for just a couple months because they really didn't need me. They didn't have a lot of work for me. So, you know, they said, well, you can come to the office and you can try to sell advertising in this magazine or, you know, you can just watch and learn. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of a waste of time. Um, no offense. <laughs> but I was so hungry for opportunity. I'm like, mm -hmm. just put me to work. Teach me. Let's go. Like, I, I just want to learn. And I realized that wasn't the right situation for me. So at that point was when I said, you know what? I can just do this on my own. I'm just going to start my own agency. And um, that's when I started BG Sports. And then was training during the time BG sports was getting up and running through BG bodies. So I could pay my bills because obviously it took quite a while to get the company up and running to where I was actually generating revenue and could do it full time. So, um, my, my initial founding thought for BG sports was to bridge the gap for athletes and opportunities because during the time I launched the company in 2007, there were very few sports marketing agencies and sports PR firms that existed. So I saw a need um, for athletes and knew that I had the abilities to fill that need for them. So that's what initially launched um, BG Sports. And I think it's, it's very interesting to make that big of a career pivot. Uh, you know, like you usually don't see someone do that. I mean, you, as, even as you said, you really enjoyed you enjoy the body, you kind of enjoy how it works. And obviously you're able to, to hang on to that a little bit. I, you know, I understand seeing a need in the market, but why did you think you were the one to fill that need? Especially as you even said, you didn't really have too much experience in that area. Well, I mean, I've accomplished everything I've ever set out to do my, my entire life. So I had no doubt that, you know, if I could get a master's in biomechanics and 
learn about physics and do that, then marketing was chump change for me. You know, it's like, oh, I could do this. This is easy. This is nothing compared to what I've studied. So I never doubted it. You know, everything that I've ever wanted to do in life, I've set my mind to and I've accomplished it. So I, you know, if anyone can learn to do something, I, it was me, you know, that's the mindset that I've had. And everyone has the ability to do and accomplish anything they want in life. You know, it's just the, the fear that cripples us and our own insecurities. So there was really no doubt in my mind that I, I couldn't do a phenomenal job um, at this. I knew that it would take time and, but I was willing to put in the work to accomplish it. I love that. That is, ooh, that gets my juices flowing. I appreciate that kind of answer. And I guess, so how, how long did it take for it to really take hold? As you said, you know, you, you had your BG body, so you were, you know, you had constant income coming in so you could pay your bills. How long did it take before you really took a hold? And as I agree with you, I studied marketing in college. It's not quite the same as physics or biomechanics. Again, don't ask me what the definition is, but how long did it take for you to really feel comfortable and have a, a solid grasp in marketing to the point where you were really starting to, to be consistent, be persistent with the deals with the athletes and really get and do all the things that you put your mind to or set, you know, your goals with. Well, the thing about marketing is that it's, and if you try to define marketing, there's a lot of other areas which kind of merge with it. Mm -hmm. So the entire world of marketing is, so much more goes into it. It's not just getting sponsors and appearances and endorsements. It's about building a brand. And, you know, so it was really going through the experience and learning that and realizing that, okay, um, a lot of it also is the clients you're working with. Like, put that out there. If you have A-listers, it's easy to get opportunities. If you represent Odell Beckham, opportunities knock on your door all the time. You can be picky about what you choose to do and not do. When you're representing guys that aren't A-listers, you have to work way harder to bring opportunities to the table. So that's one thing I realized. So it's like, okay, well, how do you get from this place where you're not that well-known to this place? And how, what are the services I can provide athletes to help them get to that place? Even if they're not going to ever be an A-lister, you can still build a brand within different markets and, and to a certain extent. And so that was when I realized, well, we need to add PR. We need to add digital branding and events and business development and e-commerce and all these different things, which have been added over the course of the lifespan of BG Sports. But it took, and to be honest, it's, never ending we're constantly expanding but it took probably three four years before i was first off able to work full-time at bg sports making enough money um and that partially had to do with me learning the skills and being able to confidently provide them to my clients and secondly was realizing that a lot of it's the clientele that you're able to work with so if you're lucky enough to get an A-lister as your first client, then you're automatically going to have a much easier path to get to that level of success because people are going to be knocking at your door. The contacts at huge media networks and all these brands are going to be knocking at your door. So then you're going to have this long list of contacts that you can now use for future clients. If those people don't come to you, you have to seek them out. How do you do that? 
that takes time. It takes skill set. It takes relationship capabilities. It's like, it's just a, you know, it's a really interesting um, industry and, and it's so much has to do with the, the level of talent that you're working with. And that's really interesting. You use the word lucky in there and I will uh, respectfully disagree. I don't believe in luck. Uh, I believe in <laughs> a lot of hard work and putting yourself in the right place at the right time to then show that work. Um, and I think that's more along the lines of considering the conversation we've been having for about a half an hour now. I think hard work is, is, is very easily, it, it, it doesn't, um, you don't shy away from it. So I think, you know, as you said, maybe lucky, I would say you, you did a lot, a lot, a lot to get to that point because you can get lucky sitting on your mom's couch too, but it doesn't happen nearly as often. So I think that that's pretty important. And I guess, so over that four year period, you know, what, what did a day look like? What did your life look like to develop these skills and to find all this information, do all this research, you know, obviously still working. And I guess, you know, four years is a really long time, you know, for anybody, especially trying to build any type of business along the way. I mean, what was your mindset throughout this process to make sure that, you know, some days are going to suck, some days are going to be great, but how did you kind of keep your eye on the prize of, you know, we have to get one A-lister and then from there, I can really show my stuff. Well, it was going back to the conversation topic that we had earlier of that consistent drive, you know, it's that constantly, I'm not going to give up. Like I'm, I'm going to accomplish this. It doesn't matter what it takes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And that is, attributed to being an athlete and just, you know, continuously working and the competition, um, knowing that if you don't do a good job, someone else is going to be in your client's ear saying they can do this, that, and the other. And that's, that's what it's like still today. Um, so I think it's, you know, just that. And I think, you know, I think it's also a lot understanding that you're going to lose clients and you're not going to get every deal. And it's going to be a struggle and anything that's popular, any industry that people want to work in, you're going to have to deal with those, those times and those heartaches. And it's a hard industry. And I have been through a tremendous amount of really challenging experiences that when I look back, I'm very grateful for them because it helped me to see the strength that I had. And it put me in situations where I had to look at a problem and think of it as a challenge and how do I find a solution? And that's what makes you who you are. And that's what develops your character. And that's what really leads to longevity in this industry and in most industries is your character and what drives you and what's your intent. And the only way you can realize that is going through these negative experiences. So yeah. that's just a big part of it. Yeah, I think it's really important part of it too. I mean, as you said, the, the negative experiences are going to come in any industry, but the one, you know, one like sports where the emotions run very high all the time, you know, these are heroes to a lot of people, you know, these, these yeah. guys and girls that are professional athletes, there's kids that look up to them. And, you know, as you said, these deals, they get pretty big, uh, you know, and, and you're not going to get every single one and not everything's going to work perfectly. And you're going to have a client that you love and they love you back. But decide for a business reason or other reason, they're going to leave and go somewhere else. And having those experiences, as you said, really teaches you a lot about the industry, but it teaches you also a lot about business, but it also teaches you a lot about people, I think, which is very important. Yeah. And taking in right. those experiences and learning and understanding then allows you to come on here and teach us 
all about it. So maybe we can skip a letter along the way and understand like, okay, not going to get every deal. Even if you are an A-list, you're working with A-list athletes, they will leave you even if you're doing an incredible job, which I'm sure you were doing. Um, so what was it like, especially in the beginning, how did you, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, again, your first client was Roman Harper. He was a pretty famous um, player on the Saints, especially at the time, you know, when, when you did get him. What was, you know, that story specifically, how, how did that culminate? And as you called it luck before, I'm not going to use that word, but how did you find it? And how, what did you do to put yourself in the right position where he said, I want to work with Brittany Gilman? Well, Roman and I, uh, we met when I was at Auburn. So we were friends and he was the only NFL player that I knew in the, in the league. We had a lot of similar friends as well. So when I moved back to Los Angeles and decided to start my agency, he was the first person I called. And at the time he didn't have any marketing people and he was still kind of fresh in his career. So, and we were, we were good friends. So I called him up and I'm like, Roman, like we should work together. You know, he's like, well, what are you going to do B? And I'm like marketing and sponsorships and I could bring opportunities. He's like, uh, Oh no. And you know, he's like, you know what? All right, let's see what happens. Well, I'll give you a chance. And, and he did. And he didn't pay me for like three years, <laughs> but it was, you know, I'm, I, I didn't really bring a lot of money to the table um, initially because it was hard. You know, he's, he's a safety. He's not a skilled position. He, you know, was a decent high round draft pick, but again, it was really early in the uh, marketing and PR world and things were different back then. So the only real sponsorships and stuff that really existed were big ones and they wanted the A-listers. And mm -hmm. so it took time, you know, but it, again, it was like, okay, well, he needed his golf tournament put on. So, okay, B, what can you do? Come on, you know, do this and do that. And um, I worked for Roman for seven years and it was, it was incredible. You know, he was such a good friend and it was just a learning experience for both of us, both of us learning, you know, how to be professionals and how to execute objectives and accomplish goals and bring in sponsors and do interviews. And it was a learning process. And um, again, it's, I'm a, a true believer in um, experience really equates wisdom and, and skill sets and um, being able to experience that while learning is something that I think has really helped me um, just in this, in this career and in life in general. So um, it was pretty phenomenal working with Roman. He's, he's an awesome guy. That is cool that it's also a good friend of yours too at the same time. It's cute that he calls you B too. I really like that. That's kind of funny. Um, a lot of my clients call me B. Love it, <laughs> love it, love it. I'll stick to Brittany. I hope that's okay. Yeah, that's but um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, with that, that you, you bring up a couple good points. One, I mean, if you worked with him for seven years and he didn't pay you for three, that at least means he paid you for four. So you, you got the better <laughs> end of the deal, it seems there. But with that, I mean, how... How nice was it? I mean, you had a name on your roster, right? Like you, you, you can say, hey, I work with Roman Harbour. And as you said, he wasn't quite, you know, an A-list athlete potentially, but he was well known. I mean, like I remember him in the NFL. I was pretty young at the time too. And, you know, he won a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. He was on that Super Bowl team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's some stuff to put to his name and it's kind of cool being able to do something like that and just say it, it probably gave you some validation. But also along with that, how nice was it to kind of grow in your industry with somebody? Right. So um, it was, it was really incredible being able to work with Roman at this, the point of his career where we were really able to both grow together professionally. And we learned so much from each other about just so many different things. And 
being able to say, okay, yeah, you know, I'm actually, this is real. I'm really working with an NFL player and I can do this. It gave me confidence in my abilities and the fact that I can really, if I set a goal, I can, I can accomplish it. And I've never doubted myself before, but actually hitting a milestone like that, when we first started working together, even if he wasn't paying me, I was still like, okay, you know what? I think I can do this. I can, this is, this is a step in the right direction. And then it also helped me because it legitimized me. And so when I reach out to Darrell Revis and say, hey, come to LA and do a media tour. He's like, well, who do you work with? I work with Roman. Oh, okay, cool. Then they have confidence in you and your abilities. So that was really phenomenal. And I met so many players through Roman and it really, you know, and I'm forever grateful to him. And I've told him this many times that I, I'm so grateful for, to him for believing in me and giving me an opportunity. And Roman, shortly after we started working together, the Saints won the Super Bowl. And that was just unbelievable. And to be able to experience that and the process. And during that time, I worked with probably seven, eight guys on the Saints. And I really felt like that was, that was family. That was my team. And it was, it was incredible. And to be able to experience that, especially when it meant so much to the Saints, you know, following Katrina and that the city and what it went through and the people, the team gave them so much hope and lifted them up. And it was incredible to experience that. I remember the NFC Championship game when the Saints defeated the uh, Vikings. Brett Favre was playing for the Vikings during that time. It was a terrible interception. I still think <laughs> that was one of the worst interceptions Listen. of all time. I know you're probably a fan, but I, that was phenomenal for oh, me. Tracy. I'm a fan of the game at that point. I'm a Giants fan, so whatever. I'll watch any game that's on. But, man, that interception was so bad. But, hey, it, it worked out in your favor, so I'm all for it. so bad. You're talking about Tracy Porter? You don't you – don't, Brett Favre knows not to throw the ball, run to the right, and throw the ball all the way to the left. Like, <laughs> come on. I don't know what he was doing. He's a little old at that time anyway, but it was still a yeah, great game. Okay. I, think it, I think it was a great game. Let's go with that. That's fine. Tracy Porter's my guy too, one of my clients, so be careful who you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, it was, being at that game in the Dome, oh, my gosh. I know for a fact that I will probably never experience another game that meant so much – to so many people and the energy in the dome and like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it and watching that happen and watching that game and it was so cool because after the game um, I was working one of my clients was Billy Miller who's a tight end who's very close with Drew Brees and so after the game you know we're in in the car with Billy and his wife at the time Rachel and we're heading to dinner at a sushi restaurant and driving through the streets and the people, everyone's on top of their cars and yelling and screaming and dancing and just happiness and bliss everywhere and excitement. You know, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. It was, it was unreal. And then we went to a sushi restaurant afterwards and Drew Brees was there and we all had dinner and Reggie and oh my gosh, you know, the team was almost half the team was at the restaurant and everyone was just celebrating and you know, oh gosh, it was just incredible. And, um, you know, that's all because of Roman. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. And then we, we won the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. And then everyone came to L.A. for the ESPYs, you know, that following July. And it was just, ugh. That I have never experienced anything to that 
extent, you know, with so many players that I worked with on one team and winning the Super Bowl. And I've had clients win the Super Bowl since, but it's just, it's been different, you know? So that was, it was unbelievable. And just being able to work with such a high caliber of talent. Um, it was, and again, I'm so grateful. So grateful. I think, I love the story. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you said you were getting chills. I was getting goosebumps over here too, just by, by listening to it. And, and um, no, I think it, as you even said, you know, it's the first one that you're a part of. You're a part of so many people's lives within that too. So it's not just Roman. It's not just Tracy Porter. It's, it's yeah. the two of them. It's, it's Miller. It's all these other guys. As you said, you're working with eight guys on the team at that point. So I mean, it's, it's times eight essentially for you, right? Like it's, it's your brother times eight or, you know, a sibling times eight or cousin times eight. Cause there's so many people involved and now you're happy for all of them. And now yeah. you get to help all of them even more. And it's just so cool with that type of opportunity. And again, it was your first one too, right? Like that's oh, also yeah. gotta be pretty damn cool, especially with that much. And then I, even as you said, with Katrina, with the whole, you know, yeah. the story behind it. And that's the other thing about sports that we spoke about. It brings people together, especially in, in unfortunate times like that and being able to take advantage of it and do so much and you were able to be a part of it. And as you said, you felt like you were there too, which is just, I mean, you were there, but you felt like you were a part of the team, which I just think, man, do you have any more cool stories like that? Cause I'll I'll sit here and listen to those all day. (laughs) I have a lot of stories, a lot of stories, a lot of different guys. It's been been quite the journey. (laughs) I can only imagine. And you sent me over some, uh, you sent me over some pictures earlier. I mean, there's pictures of you with, Ezekiel Elliott there's pictures of you with Snoop Dogg I mean you get like how did you you know so as you said like you've you've been able to grow over your career how do you just continue to level up what are you doing on a daily basis and I know you said the consistency and you know all these things but strategically like how are you putting yourself at these parties and getting yourself in these places to then be able to not only help yourself because now you're making these new connections but then remembering and realizing you can use these connections to help your athletes. You can use these connections to help the people that you represent to then, you know, continue to push them forward. I think um, first and foremost, it's you have to be authentic in who you are and confident in who you are. And again, it goes back to your intent. Um, I'm never, I'm driven from a place of, um, you know, we're all connected. We're all one. And I'm never, it's never about using someone to accomplish something you want. It's about, how can we all work together to accomplish a greater good? And that's really been a driving force in me. So it's, you know, when you get in these situations and living in LA, you are exposed to a lot of people and you meet a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes you'll make a connection and sometimes you don't. And I'm, I'm always a person where I, I really feed off energy and I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to go up to someone and, you know, introduce myself because I want something from them. If it happens naturally and we meet, then great. And if we vibe and develop a relationship, great. And if not, wasn't meant to be. So that's always been kind of the mindset that I've um, tried to, you know, mostly adopt. And sometimes it's, I kind of question myself and be like, man, so-and-so was right there. And I could have went up and said hello and introduced myself. And yeah, there's a lot of times where I wasn't in the mood or the mindset to have that confidence and just walk up to someone. But a lot also is about the timing. You know, if you see someone out and about and they're with their family, like I'm not going to go bother somebody, but if I'm in an event and someone is standing next to someone that I know, and I really want to meet that person, I'm going to probably walk up and, you know, introduce myself. Um, That's just me personally. So everyone has their own approach. 
But again, it's just about developing authentic relationships. And it's for me, it's more about, oh my gosh, I could help you. If I see an athlete, I think, oh my gosh, I could bring them all these opportunities. I don't look at an athlete and be like, oh my gosh, I can make so much money off of them. It's never been about that for me. And a lot of people, that is their mindset. Um, that's just not me. So it's, you know, it's just, you're always in these situations with people and sometimes you make friends and sometimes you don't. And, um, you know, again, if you're, you're full authentic self, then people are going to be drawn to you. The people that you're meant to know in your life are going to come to you and be drawn to you. And, um, that's, you know, that's always the mindset that I have, especially living in LA and being in this crazy world of celebrities and blah, 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 and all this stuff. But I think another thing that's really important is, um, you know, I was raised in Colorado. I'm very humble. I, I have very deep roots and I, that's who I am. That's truly who I am. And when I get in these situations, it's, um, I never forget that. And I think being genuine and authentic, people are drawn to that, especially when they're surrounded by a lot of people who aren't very authentic and who may not know who they are. Um, because, you know, if you don't know who you are, finding yourself requires putting on different hats and testing it out and seeing, you know, is this me? Is this me? Is this not? So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, just, you know, being in those circles and stuff is you just got to be yourself and, you know, be a good person and have good intent. And I think, as you said, authenticity, being genuine, being a good person, the intent. I mean, obviously for you, the intent and being a good person, all of that has come since, you know, you used to be that per you know the the professional athlete you used to be the strength and conditioning coach because you wanted to help other people and you're mm. just helping people and you're helping athletes in just a different way now so that's still there yeah. and i think another point that you make that's really important too is if you're not being authentic people can kind of see that yeah. people can kind of tell like oh, you weren't acting like this the other night or you know when you're around person x y or z you become a little different like what's going on there and i think the people that thrive the most are the ones that are always themselves are always themselves in every situation no matter what it is now obviously every situation is going to be different so you may do what you need to do within those situations but if you're always being true to yourself as the person that you are which i mean you know considering the people that you know the fact that you're then just coming on here to hang out with me for a little while to share your story i truly do appreciate that and it does show that you're just here to help you want other people to learn how you've done what you've been able to do hopefully they can take a couple nuggets of wisdom from this story from your experiences <laughs> and be able to learn something from it and utilize it moving forward. And, um, you know, again, I really do appreciate you coming on. This has been an absolute blast and a couple more minutes, if you don't mind, because I think there's a couple, a couple more things that we can, uh, I guess, uh, get out of you for lack of a better term. But I love the fact that you're also always, as you said, you don't walk up to an athlete and think, how can you help me? It's, oh my gosh, these are all the incredible things that I can do that I think I can do to help you and help you make money and help your family be better off. And you, you know, increase your your profile or your personal branding and to that point with you know you starting in 2007 yes yes so it's been you know a couple years i don't want to give specific numbers it's fine just a couple but you know considering the you know social media really wasn't you know 2007 i think i got my facebook account and that's right. kind of before anybody cared about it right and then through the the last couple of years, again, you know, seeing the internet become what it is, seeing Twitter and Instagram and all these things, how have you been able to kind of either see what's coming up or be able to learn what you need to do immediately so that way you can help your athletes and give them the best advice to make sure that they're utilizing and, and developing their personal brand um, as best they can? Well, 
Um, one of the things that I feel like I, I've kind of a, attribute this to what I studied in school and my mind is a very scientific mind and it's because that's what I practiced when I was in school. If you study history, you're really good at memorization and recollection. Um, me personally, I'm very acute to how things work and systems and trends and things like that. So having being trained in this manner, even if it's not in the exact industry or way in which I utilize it currently, really has kind of helped me to identify trends and also help establish trends. And because I have had, you know, we've had our company for a very long time, I really, you know, we really focus on constantly trying to be at the forefront of the industry and ahead of everybody. And that's really kind of the way that it's been because the, the industry it's, you can, you can be that, you can take the first steps in the snow and you can set, build that path and then everyone else is going to follow. So um, if you think about, like my dad, we'd go backcountry skiing and snowboarding and my dad would have skis and then he has these little narrow tracks in the snow when you have skins, which is like basically turf on the bottom of your skis, so you can hike up a mountain backcountry. And then, you know, or I'd go and I'd have snowboard boots or much thicker, wide snowboard, which is a split board. So I'm jumping all over the place here, but it's You're just perfect. a good analogy. Um, it's that person who first makes the path. It's always harder for them. And that's who I always have kind of been and who I always strive to be and who my company, we all are always going to be that. Um, and that's being able to look at an industry and predict trends, recognize patterns, recognize areas that might need some updating or that could be more efficient. And this is always what I've done. And how I think in social media and the digital era, which is now runs everything. Um, I noticed probably, you know, years ago when Facebook started gaining momentum and then Instagram came out and being able to look at these and kind of visualize, well, this actually looks like this could potentially be really, really big in this industry. And okay, so how do we, how do we utilize this? How can we help to, how can we understand this first and foremost? What is a hashtag? How do hashtags work? What is SEO? What is social media? What is all these? What are all these things? How can they be used as tools? And and then you apply that, and then you basically you establish the trends. You you just have to. I mean, and it's it's not easy to do, but it's again, it's looking at a, an environment or a situation and figuring out how can it be better, and and that then leads you to how can we be better, and how can we offer more to our clients. And so that's just kind of, you know, social media is everything. And, and to be honest, I've been developing a platform for the past seven years. Um, that is, it's called Bpop, and it's been really hard it's a startup and it's a whole different world. And I've learned so much um, about it and hopefully, hopefully we'll launch the, the first part of the, um, the, the first initial, you know, bit of the app this year. But um that's kind of something it's, it's basically doing everything that I've been talking about and it's looking at industry and figuring out how can we make it more efficient and how can we fix problems and, and make everything more accessible to people. And that's what Bpop is. So that's just the same mindset I've had my entire career. 
um, and, you know, working internationally and, and being a, I just got certified as a soccer agent. Um, and same thing. It's like, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, you know, just constantly striving to be better. How can we improve? How can we, you know, make the world better and more efficient? And that's just, um, you know, I think, again, it goes back to the way that I've learned how to think. And that's all science. <laughs> I love it. And again, I love how you're able to just make that connection to, you know, and that's the funny thing about marketing. And I know PR as well as a digital strategy, as much as it, most people think it's creative, there's a very clear cut science behind it. Um, and, you know, yeah. being able to understand the analytics and everything that goes behind it and how it works helps create the artistic side, right? Like I have a BA in marketing, but in reality, it should probably be more of a BS because it's a science, right? Like, and that's the important part to understand that most people think it's just that creative. So um, just a very couple of quick more, qu a couple of points and a couple of questions. Again, this was absolutely fantastic. I love the way you think. I love the, the, the mentality of, you know, I want to be the first person to walk in the snow because then you can set the trend and you can show other people how it's done and, and you're looked at as even more of an expert. So I have to ask, what the heck is TikTok and what are we doing with it? I, I just don't get it. What's going I on mean, there? It, TikTok is... I mean, eventually when you, when you give a child a toy and they play with it over and over again, eventually they're going to get bored. So if we're talking about being innovative and taking something that exists that's successful and making it better, making it different, looking at trends, looking at human behavior, that's what TikTok is. And basically it's, um, I think it's based out of China. Um, and that's how I, I mean, I haven't done a lot of research into how TikTok came about, but that's basically what it is, right? It's taking something that someone else built and making it better because before TikTok, there was that other app that was like the repetitive videos, um, for like 10 seconds. What was mm -hmm. it called? I can't remember. Uh, Vine, I think, right? Vine, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. But someone took something someone else did and they made it better. And then they took aspects of Snapchat, Instagram, Vine. So you're taking, okay, there's popular trends here, 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 here. Let's take this. Let's take this. Let's take this. Let's put a ton of money behind it. And let's get some big celebrities on it. And then let's constantly feed it, updated, updated things, more things, more things, more things, more things. So again, they took what others were doing. They applied it differently. And here we are right? And now it started as kids used it, but now adults are using it. And gosh, think about a pandemic. What are people going to do? They're bored. And let's be honest, TikTok is addictive. You could just watch the same video over and over and over and then you scroll and it's more and more. And more. That's addictive. I personally, I'm, I have a TikTok account, but I'm about to delete it because I know that they can go into your phone and look at all your data and that's terrible oh, anyway. Whoa. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a whole conspiracy thing about TikTok, but, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fun though. Don't get, don't get it twisted, but it's, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm trying to, if you use it productively, great. But if it's just another app to make you a mindless drone robot, then <laughs> get off it. <laughs> Maybe get off it. I, I completely agree. I just, um, I feel like I would enjoy it too much. So I haven't even touched it. And no. if there's anything that's really funny, it goes to Instagram anyway. So I'll just get it there. I'm not really that worried about it at this point, but I just yeah. have to ask anybody in marketing PR, I need to understand 
what is this thing and why do so many people love it? So that's, that's another, that's another <laughs> kind of topic, I guess, of conversation. Once you do figure it out though, oh, I'm sure you already figured it out. So maybe we just do another episode on why <laughs> athletes should be on TikTok. How's that sound? Um, last thing though, uh, again, you've accomplished so much and we spoke about it before. You're always kind of chasing that next goal, that next high, that next accomplishment. What are some of the things along the way that you're looking for? I mean, you spoke about B-pop and going out on a limb here. The B stands for Britney. I don't know. Mm-mm. Again, just sh- no? no, not this one. This Whoa. Is grand promotional opportunities. B-pop. Dang. Oh, I like that. That's pretty cool. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Or- yeah. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's an opportunity connection platform for athletes and it, um, it takes very unnecessarily complicated processes that most of the different aspects of the sports industry experiences and it provides solutions. Um, it empowers, it simplifies and it enhances. So I'm not going to give away too much about it yet. Um, but it's, uh, it's insane. I, I mean, it's uh, when I first saw the platform, I thought, okay, well, if there existed a technology that would put me out of business, what would it be? And that's what this is. But simultaneously, it's the most valuable, incredible tool that myself or anyone in the industry could have and use. So um, it's, it's still, you know, we're, we're looking for more investors now um, and uh, we're building it out. And um, it's, it's quite the journey. I'll tell you that. It's my first startup. So I'm learning more every single day. <laughs> Thank you. I'm actually learning how to code. Congratulations. Um, wow. Yeah, Good thank for you. you. It's fun. I'm such a nerd. I love it. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, you know, if anyone's looking to invest in sports technology, then um, let me know because right now is a really, now it's kind of that, that crazy window that say when Facebook first came about and people were approached with an idea of Facebook and those that didn't jump on it later on are like, oh my gosh, opportunity Uh-oh. of a lifetime. Yeah, mark my words, that's what this is. So I love it. And if, if we've learned anything over the last hour, definitely learn. Um, mark, definitely mark those words down. I think we're at the one hour-ish mark, so that's kind of perfect too. And uh, so outside of BPOP, which also, let me just say, I think it's so smart that you're trying to find a way to put yourself out of business because if you start the business that puts you out of business, it sounds like you're going to become way more successful than if you just kept doing the business you were doing. So kudos to you there. Um, and I love that you have the elevator pitch down just to the perfect amount of T's. I think that's perfect too. But outside of BPOP, what are some of the other future goals and future accomplishments that you're really you know, striving for in the near, medium, and long-term future? Well, I'm really excited. You know, I mentioned earlier that I just got certified as a soccer agent. And that's something that I think it's, it's crazy because when I was younger, I didn't even remember saying this. Um, but in an interview when I was in high school, they were interviewing me about snowboarding and they asked, well, what do you want to do, you know, after snowboarding? Um, and I said, oh, I want to be a sports agent, you know, like Jerry Maguire. And then I forgot I said that until a couple years later, I was looking through old journals and stuff or uh, not journals, but the school paper, school newspaper. And I came across this interview and I read that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, talk about a manifestation. I was going to say, speak it into existence, right? Right. So that's something I'm really excited about. And obviously COVID has kind of put it on hold, um, at least some aspects of it. But, um, you know, I've spent the past five years living between London and LA and um, I've developed a tremendous network throughout Europe and I'm super excited. Uh, My specialty is uh, international transfers. So bringing players from all over the world that want to come play in the MLS. So I'm really excited to work in MLS, 
soccer area, it's um, obviously a bit new uh, compared to NFL. Um, but that's a big goal of mine as well as um, getting BPOP up and running. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, we, it's, the, we work with a ton of athletes now and I, every single athlete we work with, I'm very grateful for. And, um, you know, we just had one of our guys uh, sign with the Rams, Levante Taylor. So I'm super excited for him and, um, you know, working on some other athletes that are, you know, up and coming and some younger guys. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's hard with what's going on now, but I think that everything in life is about the perspective in which you choose to view it as. So um, I'm grateful for this downtime because it enables me to refocus and to look at the different components of the business and where do I want to put most of the attention and, and also help with our clients and helping them to kind of look at this as, okay, I know you have to adjust. I know that there's a, there's a new normal right now and this isn't going anywhere anytime soon, but you know, it's those who are able to look at situations like this and, and not be drawn into the drama or the negativity or the fear, but look at it as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity to maybe focus your attention on other aspects of yourself and your business. So yeah, it's a uh, challenging times, but uh, yeah, it's trying to stay positive. I love it. We're spreading positivity. That's why I'm getting to talk to so many incredible people like you. We're spreading that positivity. We're trying to help others and we're doing it through some really incredible stories. Brittany Gilman, CEO and founder of BG Sports Enterprises, founder, co-founder of Bpop, which I'm really excited to hear more about that. That should be cool. Um, Brittany, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Brittany. As I said, she is absolutely incredible. All of her information will be in the show notes, so make sure to go follow her across all her socials. Please also make sure to give us a five-star review wherever the heck you're listening. But really, 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 if you're on Apple or iTunes, that would be super, super helpful. So thank you all so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, and I appreciate you giving me some of yours. So I hope you make it a wonderful day.